This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Raider Nation, here we are for the next couple hours. Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton and your boy Q coming off the heels of JT the Brick. Did a fantastic job from noon to two. And, of course, the morning tailgate, it was Clay Baker and Mike Pritchard this morning. Did a fantastic job starting things off 7 to 10. And uh, we're going to keep this party rolling around here again 2 to 4 p.m. Then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Going to close out the week on a Friday, right? That's, that's, a, that's a big thing right there. He doesn't normally close out on Fridays, but... That's a big deal. Does he always do Fridays? Uh, no, he, he no, usually he, does Tuesday and Thursday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So this is probably the first time all season that he's going to be on for Friday. See, that's what I'm saying. So go, go into the weekend with uh, Big Lincoln on the show. That's going to be a lot of fun. So Vinny Bonsignor will come up 4 to 6 p.m. Of course, we're going to hold it down for the next couple hours. Very excited about the opportunity that we have with you this afternoon. Uh, got some really good guests coming up on the show today. And I'm really excited about the guests that we have coming up because we have such a variety of guests. A lot of times we'll, we'll go real Raider heavy. And and that's great. That's what we're supposed to do, you know. And, and look at the team from different angles and talk to different different folks of, uh, about the Raiders and what they have going on. But this time we're going to kind of scatter shoot with our guests that we have for this Friday. And I uh, can't wait to get to the topic that we have as well as uh, we're going to really open things up this afternoon. But coming up at two thirty, Charles Williams, former UNLV running back, aka the Chuck Wagon. He's going to join the show. He came out the Hula Bowl, uh, Hula Bowl did a really good job. Uh, and so his his draft stock, we'll see where where he feels like it's at right now, what he's going to do in preparation for the draft coming up at the end of April, uh, what it was like to be there uh, in, a, in a college all-star game type scenario and actually work with NFL scouts and work with coaches and, and guys that can help him get to the next level. Plus, not to mention, he's just a good dude. I mean, that's the other thing. The dude's just a good dude. So being able to talk to him coming up at 2.30 is going to be a whole lot of fun. The Chuck Wagon is a great dude on the field, but I'll tell you what, uh, as you very well know, DeMond, he is a great dude off the field. And also graduated, you know, a journalism major. Right. So maybe let's see. Yo, let's see if maybe if he wants to do what we do. Okay. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. You don't put yourself into the category. You said do what we do. He'll take that game to the next level. I like it. See, the mod's getting there. He's getting where we need him to get. So we definitely uh, appreciate Charles Williams going to join the show coming up at 2.30. Then at 3, Bernie Fratto from Fox Sports Radio. He does a national show for Fox Sports. He's going to join the show because there's one topic you can't get away from, right? And that's Jim Harbaugh and what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Uh, there's been rumors and there's reports that there's a big, massive deal on the table from Michigan for him to stay there, which is what I think he's going to do. I've been saying that since, what, weeks ago when that first report came out, and that was while the Raiders were still in the regular season, and I said it doesn't really matter what they're doing. That's not even a conversation for right now because they were still playing. Well, now that it's the offseason, and Rich Basaccia has been interviewed, so he could very easily get that uh, long-term job, and he could end up being the guy. But, of course, all the smoke right now is around Jim Harbaugh. People trying to tie all the ties together and all the, hey, this guy's with this guy, and, and Jim Harbaugh has, has a familiarity here, and he has ties here, and he's, he's familiar with the, 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 uh, the, the, the franchise and everything. So there's a whole you lot of things. You know he was a quarterback coach 20 years ago. Uh, he was. He was. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I get it's, con- it's part of the conversation because that's what the Raiders do. They keep it in the family. I mean, that's what they do. They 
you see guys, and they all have ties to the organization somehow, some way. I'm not saying that that's the best way to handle their business, but that's what they do. So that's why Raider Nation starts looking to come up with ties together. And, and Jim Harbaugh is, is a tie with the organization. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one of those things that you can't ignore, uh, regardless how silly it might sound. It's just what it is. So uh, Bernie's going to join us at 3 o'clock, and he's, he uh, actually covered Michigan for a very long time, uh, covered the Lions for a very long time. He's got a lot of really good ties still in, in, uh, in Michigan. So he's going to kind of join us and, and give us his thoughts on the whole scenario. He's going to break down what he's hearing from his folks that are still back there uh, and what he thinks, what his gut feeling is uh, that's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh and if he's going to end up going to the NFL. And if he does go to the NFL, will he make the move and go to the Raiders? Or will he make the move and go to the Bears? Or will he make a move and go somewhere else? I mean, just because if he does leave the NFL or the, the college and, and go to the NFL doesn't mean that he has to do it with the Raiders. Doesn't mean it. Stephen Ross in Miami, big Michigan donor. Uh, did he used to play for the Bears? Oh, the ties are everywhere. <laughs> you're not. You're not too much into the ties, huh? It's he. Uh, I, I'm like I'm with you. Rich Bisacci was the interim coach before. You know, and like he wasn't linked. He wasn't linked. They make the playoffs. He beats Ohio State. Starts looking around like, hey, I think I need to get some of that money back. Well, of course, and that's what you should do. I mean, that's you got to get it while you can, you know, because it's not always going to be there on the table. So the money right now, the situation is he he's in the driver's seat as far as, hey, this is what I can do. And so if you drum up enough interest or at least sounds like there's enough interest out there, then the place that you're at has to make a move. They have to do something. I'm also just not that big of a fan of anybody where it seems like nobody likes you. Just, I think that that's a false narrative. Though. I don't think it's a false I do. narrative because I they're do. like people. It's not like this isn't the Brian Flores where it's just like sources are saying. No, you've got players that were like on the Super Bowl team. It's just like can't stand that dude. I, I don't think that. I think that that's false. I, Even I think, the, the players that are saying it is just like oh they, they just make, they making it up. I'm not saying that they're making it up, but it's 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 a certain thing. I mean, people were saying that about about Gruden. There's a, a anonymous report out that says the Raiders made the playoffs because Gruden wasn't. Was Josh coach put his name on it and said, hey, the sideline's better. Yeah, he, that was after week one. You know what I mean? I think people take that and they go with it way too much. I think they run with it. Like, oh, the, the players don't like don't like Jim Harbaugh. That moment with Zay Jones where he's just like, coach, you're, you're doing, doing a good, a good job. job. He was doing a good job. I don't, he ain't doing it at the Gruden. I'm not, he didn't have the situation or the opportunity to do that. I mean, I'm just saying. We could speculate all we day. Speculate, you don't, what I'm if, going what off if, what I see. What I saw. But they didn't, again, they didn't have the opportunity to do that. If, if Gruden had gone on a four-game winning streak at the end of the season, had them on our opportunity to go into the playoffs, you tell me that somebody wouldn't be saying something like that? I find that hard to believe. I don't think he would have done it. Okay. I'm just saying. I, I, don't I, think, be- I, I don't like to sign up for a lot of speculation, and this part of the conversation sounds like a ton of speculation. It sounds like you're just... All right, we can keep moving. I mean, no, it just sounds like you're coming up with stuff because it's what you heard. I don't. I don't really know too many players that have it's come not, out and said. Uh, for me, it's not speculation. If, if if it's like, no, I can pull it up. I can get the names. I can get the players. I can get the the exact quotes. But I feel like because speculation is sources are saying. Right, 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 right. And right. these aren't sources are saying. No, this is. Oh, this is what Randy Moss had to say, and this is someone who played under Belichick was in line. I know that the Raider Raider Nation may not be that his biggest fan because of the way. No, he but did what, in Oakland. what does Randy Moss have to do with Jim Harbaugh? Because he played for him. When. Oh, San Francisco, he did. That's right. That's yeah. right. He did. Yeah. You know what he also did? Oh, that's right. He did. You know why I forgot? Because he was very forgettable. In the Super Bowl, he had an opportunity to catch the ball. What did he do? <laughs> oh he out- no, he didn't. Tell me he didn't. I mean, if we're going to call a spade a spade, am I, being, am, am I wrong or am I right? Did he not alligator arm the ball when it was right over the middle? No, I'm serious. I'll wait. This, ain't, this isn't about his play. No, 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 but it is. You can't put into. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't talk about one side of the coin and not talk about the other. Okay. 
He played bad in the Super Bowl. He did, the biggest stage. The biggest stage was the Super Bowl, and Randy Moss came up small. He had an opportunity to make a great catch over the middle, and he had alligator arms, and that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that, we're talking about a top five receiver of all time. So I, I, one I, game doesn't define his career to me. It doesn't define his career, but it's hard for me to understand a lot of criticism when he should have caught a lot of criticism for not coming up and performing in the biggest game. T.O. played in the damn Super Bowl with a broken leg. Yeah, but he's about 40 years old. Let's cut him some flack. He was not. Just, was about, not. just about 40 years old. Oh, man. It feels like to me that we you're not. You're some... just not a hardball fan is what it, it feels like it boils down to. Correctamundo. Okay, well, I just wish you had said that five minutes ago, and then we could have. I could have understood well, better. Come, we are in the form of talking. <laughs> this is radio. I understand. I understand. I can fire up Slam in two minutes of his just, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they should hire him. I'm Let's just, I'm just saying. I'm trying to get to the root of this right now. Now I'm seeing much clearer. I can see clearly now. The rain is falling. <laughs> just giving some context. I, hey, I'll take it. I'll take all the context you got, Same man. I appreciate it. Richard Sherman, you're never going to play offense at Stanford again. It was a good choice because Richard Sherman goes on to about be to one say of the it was a hell of a defensive back. Yeah, don't think he would have been very good on offense. Well, yeah, somebody, DBs somebody, play defense for a reason. Somebody made that decision for him. Well, he said you'll never play. You know what? Again at the university. Yeah, that's a good. That was a good decision. Yeah. Coaches know what they're doing. That's why they're coaches. Players oh, know what yeah, they're doing. That's why he did it. Why did he do it? Because Richard Sherman elected to get a surgery in the middle of the season. Okay. And he was just like, yo, you know, you, oh, so now Richard Sherman making this up? I know. I didn't say that. I just said okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where all of a sudden the 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 Jim Harbaugh kicking down the stairs while he's not looking. Came from the anger. It's not anger. It's like it's Harbaugh just, did something to you this morning. Oh no, it's not. It's you know what you know what it is. You people, the media, everybody on Twitter. <laughs> I've just, it's been like it's been a love fest for like two weeks now. Right, and I'm tired of it. I want somebody to. This is me. I'm doing it myself. Fire back. Take some shots at Jim Harbaugh. It's just like take off the rose colored glasses. He's not as great as you says he is. Okay, he wasn't like they didn't go 16 and 0 every year he was in San Francisco. Take right, it easy. Pump the brakes a little bit. I got a tweet from S. Jonas. Said Harbaugh is forty-four and nineteen in the NFL. Ain't nothing silly about that. Proof is in the history. I don't disagree. I think. Look, I've said it before. I think it'd be a hell of a hire if they hire him. I just don't don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to stay at Michigan. That's just my gut feeling. And I don't think he'd be bad at the job. I just don't think he's like the the surefire. Oh, yeah, they get him. The like happy days are here again, coach. Right. No, I understand. I understand. And, and you've got your preferences, and that's cool, and that'll work. So. That may be some of the stuff that we talk about on today's show. But we will talk to Bernie Fratto coming up at 3 o'clock and get his thoughts. Again, he's a guy that's got Michigan covered like a glove and has had Michigan covered like a glove for a very long time. Of course, we got a little hardball conversation yesterday in. But uh, we'll get a little bit more coming up at 3 o'clock. And then 3.30, our guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. We'll talk about the divisional round games. We'll break them down. You know, we'll, 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 we'll talk about the lines. We'll see where you should lay your money where he thinks the wins are going to come from, who he thinks may be upsets. And I'll tell you this, DeMond, we'll start with your Tennessee Titans. When we get Leon, we'll start with your Tennessee Titans. How are you feeling? Derrick Henry, he's been, he's been activated. He's going to play. I think that everyone kind of knew that. But how are you feeling? Oh, it's a win. It's a win. You don't want to guarantee anything, but it's a win. That's all. I, that's how I'm feeling. I don't know how well Derrick Henry is going to perform. And he, he is going to be great. He, well, he, it is going to be great for the team to have him back. But I don't, I don't expect him to go out there and rush for like 150. I don't. He might have a slow start. 
Right. I expect him to have a slow start, but him being out there is still yeah, is, exactly. is, is, is a big it, deal. It's yeah. the presence on the field. Right, for sure. No, it's a big deal. He's a hell of a player, and uh, that's going to get that team back to as close to 100% strength as possible. And, and again, when you have Derrick Henry out there, you're at home, you're rested up, you didn't have to play in the super wild card weekend. I mean, everything's looking good for you, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Lee's thoughts coming up at 3.30. We'll also do our picks. Uh, how did you do last week? I went 4-2 and two last week. I did really well. How'd you do? I lost the the Raiders and Bengal game I lost, and the Rams and Arizona game is the only ones I lost. The other ones I did well. Got Buffalo, got Tampa Bay, got San Francisco and KC. But how'd you do in your picks? Uh, I didn't do too well. Let me <laughs> let me look at this. Okay, had Vegas. So the only Wrong. week that you did well is the one where we had push-ups on the line. Exactly. I guess pressure makes the uh, bust diamonds or whatever that saying is. Yeah, I had, also had New England. I was like, Yo, Belichick, Belichick got Josh Allen figured out. Was wrong. Yep. Fit Tampa. Okay. Took Dallas. <laughs> Mike oh, McCarthy yeah. ruined that one. Yeah, yeah. Mike McCarthy should be fired. Took Kansas City. And I thought uh, when we were talking about it at the OU, I thought I took Los Angeles last minute. But no, I picked Arizona as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought we picked the same. I yeah. thought we both picked the Cardinals. A lot, on of, that people, one. A lot of people let me down. <laughs> that's all good. Well, that's all right. You'll get another opportunity this weekend. There's four games, and we'll pick all of them. That'll come up in the show. Maybe we'll do that either at 245 or 345. That'll be uh, one of those opportunities that we have. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon, former UNLV running back at 2.30, Bernie Fratto at 3 o'clock, and then Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com will join us at 3.30. Now let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And I'm going to do something today that I normally don't do, and I know when I I passed the information on DeMond earlier, he kind of gave me that look like, are you sure you want to go there? But I I do. I want to do this, and I'm going to do it every once in a while. I'm not going to do it every Friday, but every once in a while on a Friday heading into the weekend, and we've had a really good week of shows, I want to do this. So I'm going to open it up to you, Raider Nation. I'm going to call this You Make the Call Friday. Whatever is top of your mind right now, whatever you want to talk about that has to do with the silver and black, and you know what? We can open it up a little further, even if it don't have to do with the silver and black. You can hit us up and let us know what it is, whatever is on your mind. We've got plenty of topics to talk about, but like I said, whatever is on your mind, whatever you're feeling, if you want to talk about coaching, you want to talk about GM, you want to talk about players, it is wide open like some old school TV antennas. It is all good. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R-N-R. And I uh, got a text right here. Okay, Q&D. If Jim isn't the surefire pick and we know how y'all feel about Coach B, who is? And is there a surefire fix at all as far as coaches out there? That's from Kevin. And I'll say this. Um, I think that I w- I'll say that I think Jim is probably the closest to a surefire pick in my opinion. Just my opinion. Obviously, DeMond feels a little bit differently, and that's okay. Uh, I like Coach Basaccia a lot. I just want to make sure that if he's going to take the job, he's got to roll out. I'm sure he did in his meeting that he had with Mark Davis. I heard it went really well, and that's just from what I've been reading. Uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic put, put out a piece that I read earlier today, said that the, the, the meeting, the, the one-on-one, went really well. So he very well easily could end up being the coach. And if he is, the only thing I would want to know if I'm Mark Davis is how do you take the 10-win team, and take it to the next level. That's, that's, I just want to hear the plan. That's it. And I'm not saying I want to hear the plan like he has to tell me, me and Q. I mean, if I'm Mark Davis, and he, that's, that's, that's who needs to know the plan. I don't need to know the plan. I can sit back in the media sessions. I can sit back in the press box. I can sit there at practice and watch the plan unfold. I don't need to be privy to that. None of us do. But that's, that would be the question I ask. Okay, coach, you did a hell of a job. 
Got the team to 10 wins in the playoffs. How do you take that and take it to the next level? How do you get them over the hump? What do you need? What do you need from me to make this, you know, that this product get where it needs to be? What's your plan? That's, I mean, I think it's as simple as that. What's your plan? As far as any other coach out there, I, I'm sure that there's some quality coaches that we're not thinking of. I mentioned Brian Flores. Uh, and then I had I had my buddy, uh, Brother Marquise in the 305, actually hit me up earlier today and tell me, yeah, Brian Flores is probably a really good coach, but the issue is all the different offensive coordinators he's had in the last couple of years. So that kind of lets you know that maybe everything's not where it needs to be. You know what I mean? So Brian Flores, the, the head man himself, looks like a really good a really good head coach. But he's got to be able to get that right staff around him. And that goes for any coach. I saw Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. His name floated around uh, earlier today. I've seen it floated around the last few days. I don't really know how I feel about Josh McDaniels. I really don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm very, eh, whatever on him. I know he's considered a very good offensive mind, but I'm just not. I'm not a big Josh McDaniels fan. Now, does that mean I'm not going to, you know, if, if he were to get the job, not support him or not? Well, he's not a good coach. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to cover the team like I'm supposed to. No, that's not, not that at all. I mean, whoever they decide is going to be the guy is going to be the guy, and, and that's what it's going to be, and I'm going to be fine with it. Again, they ain't doing nothing for me. They're, <laughs> they're doing it because they, they want to take this team to the next level, which is what they're supposed to do. But I've heard that name floated out there. Just for my preference, it's not really anything for me. Got one text here. DeMond, don't cry, but your Titans are my upset pick of the weekend. Have fun being wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. DeMond got to work really early today. DeMond had to run the morning tailgate. So he's 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 uh, he's got something, like I say, he got a little something in his neck today. He got a little edge to him. He ain't got no red polo on, but he got the the bright yellow hoodie. So that's his that's his power. That's his power shirt, the, the bright yellow hoodie. So he that uh, says unemployed. <laughs> it does. It really does say unemployed. My man, going back. my man got I, I texted him this morning because I, I I didn't know if I had remembered to communicate that he needed to be here early this morning. So about 530 or no, about six. I'm texting. No, it's yeah, something around that time. I'm texting him like, hey man, are you going in? And he didn't respond at first because he was in the gym at that time. Whatever hour it was, he was in the gym. And I saw a little bubble on my screen on my phone. I'm like, okay. He got something. Oh, wait, hold on. The bubble went away. Oh, no. What's going on? And then DeBond hit me back like, yeah, I'm on my way to the station right now. We're good. I was like, all right. So his responsibility level is at a, is, is at a 20 out of 10. <laughs> he definitely has that covered. But, yeah, he's got a little something something in his neck today. So uh, we're going to have fun the next couple hours. Uh, let me see. One more one more text, and then we'll hit the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go. This one's from Raider Ryan right here. Hey, Q&D, who would be a great pick for offensive coordinator if things go that way? And go that way, you mean... Which way? I just thought about that. Because I mean, if it's Harbaugh, he's he's more of the off. He's the he would be the brains behind the offense. He would. Br- I think he would bring. I think. I think he would bring. Yeah, I feel like he is more of a head coach. That's just right. He's more suited. He's like got. He has all the intangibles to be a good head coach. But you know, he'd bring somebody in to help. I the think offense. that that would probably be what everyone's trying to already kind of put piece together the whole Pep Hamilton thing. I think that that yeah. would be. I think that would be the the role that Pep Hamilton would have if if that were to be the case. Um, you know, and Vic Fangio would probably be the defensive coordinator. I mean, again, that we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm, I'm assuming that that's what Raider Ryan is asking, if Harbaugh was to be the coach. If Brian Flores were to be the coach, that's a great question, who the offensive coordinator because he wasn't able to hold on to offensive coordinators in Miami, and that was the big knock on him. So I, I don't know. I don't know who your offensive coordinator would be in that case. 
I know I always make fun of the boy wonders, but it's just like, oh, what's so great about all these guys? It's like 33. Right. And then it's just like, oh, they should be a head coaching candidate. But I would, if I'm the Raiders, I would just go up to whoever the wide receiver coach is or something on, let's say, San Francisco or in L.A., we can make you one of the highest paid offensive coordinators in the league. Just come over. Right. If Brian Flores is the head coach. And he'd be like, and it'll be your baby. Because you're not going to have to worry. Clearly, you're not going to have to worry about him messing up anything. Got a text here that that backs you up. Uh, the whole narrative was Harbaugh lost the locker room in San Francisco. Multiple reporters had articles about it. Just Google Harbaugh lost locker room. San Francisco comes up many different times. Not saying I believe it, but D has a valid point. Not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying it's so easy when there's a lot of reports with anonymous names on it. You know what I mean? With anonymous when it's like, okay, this person or or it's it's been told to me from a source or you know what I mean? There, I don't know. It's just yeah, exactly that's why I was going to the players, the people that worked under him, that worked for him. Okay. And also, you know, he goes eight and eight, and then he then he's out of town. Well, that was him, but he had a terrible relationship with uh, know, with Balky. I'm just saying. I mean, there's a lot of different things that play into it. There's, there's a lot of just saying. I'm just tired of the, oh, he's so great, he's so great. Him and Vic Vangio, blah, 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 blah. San Francisco did this. They made it to a Super Bowl. I mean, they did. Yeah, Caldwell made it to a Super Bowl. Okay, so you want? do you want Caldwell? He, apparently, he turned yeah, down, he apparently he turned down an interview with the Raiders. He declined it, yeah. So do you want him? You want to keep pounding the table? I, yo, I would. Okay. Well, he declined the Raiders. I he know. declined the Minnesota Vikings as well, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, I know, but, you know, just – Throwing out the name. All right. That'll Somebody work. else that made it to a Super Bowl. Right. No, that, that's fine. I'm okay with that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first? Rich in Oakland. Rich, calling out of Oakland. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's going on? Q, you gave me the boot yesterday hella early. What happened? You got me. I was talking to you. I remember I was mentioning all the players that we needed. You're like, all right, I got to get them out of here. Oh, because <laughs> it was just one It was player. supposed to be only one. Yeah, it was supposed to be one, and you went with a bunch of them. That's right. <laughs> Hey, that's cold-blooded. Now nah, I'm messing with you, Q. It's all love. But uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried uh, because, you know, there's there's reports coming out that Derek, you know, and Max Crosby are really pushing for Rich Masaccia. First of all, you know, I got mad love for Rich Masaccia, what he did this year. But I just want to – I feel like we just got to get a real coaching staff in here, a real GM in here, you know, to push us forward because – these, you know, we've, we've been doing mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. And, and the thing is with Derek, you know, going forward, I want to ask you, Q, all right, this this year for the final stretch of the, of the season, we could honestly say that the defense had more to do with going on that run than Derek did, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. So going forward, we know who Derek is. And the thing that I'm worried about, he's going into his ninth year, you know, so – are we going to give him a four-year extension going forward, making him pay, you know, getting paid 35 mil around there, even though he's never won a playoff game? I understand he's been dealt a bad hand. I understand that, guys. But we're going on nine years. Like, what, if, like, like, what are we going to do? Do we, do we have the trust in Derek to be able to pay him all that money? Do we really think that he's going to take us where we need to go? You know, bringing in Jim Harbaugh, and uh, the guy from the Colts, Dodds, I think that would be the best case scenario for us. Offensive quarter, maybe, maybe Pep Hamilton, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't mind keeping Carr, you know. Right. He's, he's going to be back regardless, most likely. But the only thing I'm worried about, Q, is is he going to – can he take us to the next level? Because we're playing in a division with Mahomes and Herbert, and I'm, I'm scared that Derek Carr being in his ninth year – we, he has already reached the top of where he's going to hit. So 
I would like to think I would like to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that Derek Carr, if he signs an extension with a new coaching staff, a new front office, do you think that he can lead us to the Super Bowl and win us a ring? Thank you, Q. Hey, good call, man. Good call. And that's that's a good conversation, you know. And, and I think this, if Jim Harbaugh ends up being the head coach, I definitely think he keeps Derek Carr, and I think that he helps Derek Carr get to the next level. I think he takes a step forward. I really do. I think he helps Derek Carr take his game to a whole nother level. I, I really do believe that. And I think that that would be the option. I think if, if, if Harbaugh were to be the Raiders head coach, I'm not saying he is, but if he were to be, I think that that is his best choice at quarterback would be Derek Carr, and he's got the he's already got uh he he's already familiar with all the players. Obviously, uh, they all respect him, and he could just take his game and do what Gruden was supposed to do, which was you know fine tune him and take it to the next level. I think that that would be the way to go. I don't I don't see a young quarterback coming in uh, and, and riding with Harbaugh, and the only other quarterback I can see out there is if they went out there and made some kind of trade for someone who's a, a super stud quarterback, and I just don't see that happening either. And you can make the argument, oh, can this player? Take us to the promised land. Can he win us a ring? Every team whose quarterback hasn't won a Super Bowl, that's a valid criticism. Right. Because they haven't proved it yet. Right. But it just takes I mean, he had Alex Smith time. and Kaepernick and got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I like Kaepernick. Don't exactly. let's make no mistake about it. I like Cap. But my point is, Kyle Kaepernick, he didn't win the Super Bowl. And no. I feel like if he makes that one pass, his legacy's changed. But without it, it's just like, oh, he can't win the big one. Name all the quarterbacks on the losing teams and then uh, on the on the losing Super Bowl team. And then it's just like, hey, man. We don't know if he can win the big one. John Elway, one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Up until 98, it was, can he win the big one? Right. Of course, the Raider Nation loves Rich Gannon, and Rich Gannon didn't, didn't win the big one. I mean, he got there. Got there, but we all know how that shook out in the Super Bowl. Never had a chance. I mean, the Raiders absolutely never had a chance in that. So, uh, I just, I, I think that, I think that um, you know, it would, be, it would be tough for the organization to give Derek Carr a, a, a huge monster contract like the ones that are being shelled out right now. But at the same time, that's the that's the landscape of it right now. That's, that's the beauty of the franchise. That's, well, that, well, yeah, you could do that too, but I, I just I don't know if that's what you want to do. I mean, there's there's a lot of different options that you got to do, but, man, it's, it's so crazy because supply and demand and the way that these quarterbacks are getting paid, even on a, on a cheap deal – it's still going to be a lot of money, you know? And so uh, Derek Carr right now, his contract is is unbelievably nice. I mean, it is one of the sweetest contracts in, in football right now for a starting quarterback with his with his accolades, with the skins on the wall that he has, as far as being able to understand the offense, uh, lead him back from from being behind. Uh, I mean, just everything. He he is he's getting paid pennies this, this upcoming year. So uh, there's going to be a lot of good questions that we'll have, and we'll continue to take those calls and texts from you at 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. But before we do that, we got to get to Charles, Wim- Willis- Charles Williams, former UNLV running back, a.k.a. the Chuck Wagon. He'll join us next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Had a lot of great feedback in that first segment. A lot of great calls. 
A lot of great text. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We'll get back to those in a few minutes. But right now, we're pleased to have on the phone lines Charles Williams, former UNLV running back, a.k.a. the Chuck Wagon. And Chuck Wagon, Charles, we appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. You're the all-time leading rusher in UNLV history. When you hear that, and I know you hear that often, but when you hear that, what does that mean to you? Uh, just a lot of hard work and dedication being paid off. Uh, all I can say is I went to, you know, the university I wanted to and handled business and ended up, you know, having a great career. And just hearing that is just, you know, a great accomplishment, uh, you know, to what I did at UNLV. What does it mean for a young man from Fresno, California, from the 559, went to Bullard High, to, to leave Fresno, head to Las Vegas, and spend your, uh, your collegiate career at UNLV? How much have you seen yourself grow, and, and how much was that a, a, a great accomplishment for yourself? Uh, just learning how to become independent and uh, you know, do stuff on my own. Uh, my parents always helped me uh, you know, get where I was at, and when I finally got here, I just had to learn how to do stuff on my own, and uh, but like Las Vegas, even though it's like a city that, you know, many people tend to, you know, try to have a, you know, call a vacation. Uh, you know, I came here to handle business. So when I got here, I knew, you know, the task at hand. And, and now, you know, I'm chasing my dreams. So uh, I can say I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, no, you really did it. And you did what you were supposed to do on a very high level. Uh, that's why you're the all-time leading rusher in the history of UNLV. But you also handled your business off the field. That's one of the things that anytime we talk to anybody about you, it's like, yes, he's a great player on the field, but man, this dude really gets it off the field as well. Where does that come from? Where does that humility come from? And just the respect for people off the field. Uh, just, I don't want to disappoint anybody because uh, I'm ineligible or, you know, I can handle, you know, a certain class, something like that, because I'm being lazy. I'm just worried about football. So, I took schoolwork serious, and I just wanted to make sure that everything was done on time. And, you know, sometimes I get ahead of the uh, schedule and try to knock it out uh, before that assignment was due, like, a week or two days before, just, you know, so I don't have to stress about it. And then also just having the enjoyment of, you know, getting an education for free, like, why would you not take that opportunity and, you know, run with it? So uh, that was my main goal was to graduate uh, under, like, uh, four years or, you know, in three years, and, uh, I achieved that goal, and you know now I'm just working to you know get to the next level. Right, exactly, working on your next goal. But I'll tell you, you made a heck of an example uh, for young young people growing up. You know, they see you and they see what you do on the field, but then realize everything, all your accolades that you achieved off the field as well. So it was a great example that you you have set. Now, I wanted to ask you about the Hula Bowl. And we know you got the invite to the Hula Bowl. We actually had one of the scouts on from that, uh, that all-star event on talking about you and talking about him coming down here and seeing you and giving you the invite and was excited about you. He texted me and let me know the Chuck Wagon, he killed it. He, he did a great job at the the Hula Bowl, how did you feel your performance was, not only during the game, but also the week leading up to it? Uh, you know, when we first got there, just, you know, learning how to practice as, you know, NFL uh, uh, practice and everything, the walkthrough, like just a walkthrough, like so walkthrough, we're not flying through every, you know, everything. Because the first day we kind of had an incident where somebody hit somebody else on accident and then, you know, the whole commotion, like we're going too fast and like they like the energy we brought, but we had to calm down a little bit and learn how to be professionals. But the whole week of practice was good. Um, you got to go against top-tier competitions and, you know, competition from schools you probably wouldn't ever see. And then um, I got to show, you know, the stuff that, you know, scouts didn't want to see, like me catching up the backfield, did, you know, good job at that. 
uh, stepped up in pass pro. Uh, and then, of course, Penny Run in front of tackles and be durable. I felt that, so I felt pretty good throughout the weekend. From the coaches and to the players I met, you know, it was a great experience. And I feel like uh, I learned a lot, especially from the uh, position coach, uh, Gerald Brown from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he taught me a lot. So I just, you know, appreciate, you know, the invitation. And I just, you know, handled business and went out there and had fun. Talking right now with the Chuck Wagon, former UNLV running back here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So now that you, you went through the Hula Bowl, you went through the practice, you learned a lot, you went through the game, you did great. I think 10 carries, 84 yards, if, I, if I'm mistaken. Uh, it's something right around that. But what do you do next? What's the next step? I know you're preparing for, obviously, the draft at the end of April, but how do you train? How does the Chuck Wagon prepare for the upcoming draft? Uh, you know, getting back to uh... – where I was training at and stuff like that in LA, and then uh, just you know, just handling little things like the forty-yard dash, uh, working on my agility, working on my you know, shooting skills, just doing all the little things that matter, and then just handling in the weight room and getting better with like interviews and like stuff like that, and you know, being presentable, showing you know my intelligence on and off the field, and just want to be you know that guy that they can rely on and uh, count on uh, you know every day, and not to worry about a good investment. Well, I'll tell you, when you mentioned uh, weight room, my man DeMond, his eyes lit up because he's a dude who's been known to spend a lot of time in the weight room. So all of a sudden he said, hey, I got to ask him a question now that he mentioned the weight room. Go ahead, DeMond. It wasn't even like he said a lot of things in that last answer that I was going to ask him about. He was talking about getting better at interviews. You I know, you. we got I him on you. right now. Because what, what I was going to take it to, but if you do want to get a lift in, let me know. You know, we I can make that you. happen. You know, but he'll, he'll probably put me to shame, you know. But anyway, you graduated in that journalism and media study. So besides football, is there anything like in media wise that you would like to do in your career as well? Uh, I would like to, you know, if I have the opportunity to work on like a broadcast, like, you know, sports network, something like NFL Network or uh, or ESPN. I feel like, just, you know, talking about the game is something that I love. And, uh, you know, why not, you know, take advantage of, you know, my degree and do something where I enjoy it every day. I have so much knowledge and experience in it. Uh, I could just really, you know, just be that person that, you know, lights up the room. And I just want to be able to uh, do what I love. That's about it. All right. Because, you know, I was going to ask if you want to do a radio show, we got you. You can come over <laughs> here and join me and Q. Uh-oh. And, you know, he, you know, we he's can, rolling the he, invite he, out he, there. He can, you can break it down for us, you know, because we just talk about it, but you know about it. There you go. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, like, I like that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, I like that. Got the Chuck Wagon on the phone right here. Uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned loving football. What is it? What does football do for you? What, when you're on that football field, you're in between the lines, you got the ball in your hand. How are you feeling? What's going through your mind? Uh, I just say... Like from you know my teammates and everything, they see me as like that person is you know chill, like relaxed, uh, always you know having a laugh, or always happy. But on the field, it's like all right, business is serious. Like when they see me on the field, they already know like they ain't no laughing or no nothing like that until like the game is really over. Or, you know, we just having to be a play or something like that. But when I'm on the field, it's like a different version of me. Like people normally don't see like uh, that actually know me. So. And, you know, you get on the field with your teammates or your brothers, you just, you got to put on that persona. Like, I guess how Kobe, you know, donned himself the Black Mamba is just different. Like, you got two different personalities when you step on that field. Nice, nice. Who are some of the uh, the players that you grew up and you were watching and maybe even running backs that you saw? You said, you know what, I, I think that's more like my style. That's who I look up to. 
I really like the Adrian Peterson growing okay. up. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, LaShawn McCoy, I just liked him because of how elusive he was. Yeah. He was the main reason why I was an Eagles fan growing up. Okay. Uh, I just I just loved, you know, how he, even though a lot of times the play wasn't always there, he always made something happen. And then uh, just, you know, another person I watched, even though it's not my position, Michael Vick, just growing yeah. up, like, that was one of my favorite, like, athletes growing up. Right. And, you know, football, because he did everything, throw, and, you know, run, and just change the whole entire game. He was like AI of football, really, you think right. about it. So, yep. Uh, you know, those, those types of players, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who didn't like uh, Michael Vick? You know, who wasn't a big Michael Vick fan? Man, I'll tell you, Michael Vick was the dude, right? And I think you, you coined it perfectly, the AI of football. Hold on, so Chuck, that that team where they had Vic, Deshaun Jackson, Shady McCoy, when Vince Young said, "Yo, this a dream team," even though he was a backup not quarterback. That, not, not, not that team. Not oh, that not, team. not that Eagles team. <laughs> oh, because I, no, I, I was I was disappointed in that team. I remember that team. I remember that team when they went to the Coliseum. I mean, the Raiders got the best of them that game. I remember that one. I just that's the one that stands out to me the most. But uh, here, talking to to Charles Williams, aka the Chuck Wagon, here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty, unnecessary roughness. So let me ask you this: So now that you have met with coaches, you're at the Hula Bowl, you've had your experience at UNLV, you're preparing for the draft. What do you want to improve on the most between now and when it comes time for the draft? Uh. I can say honestly, becoming more of a threat in the receiving game because even like this year, like you've seen like glimpses of like what I can really do. Like I had like one game, I had a hundred yards rushing, but also like close to a hundred yards receiving. And mm-hmm. I just want to be that dynamic player where you don't have to take me out. But uh, really, a main component is pass pro because most of like Scott was saying, uh, we love everything you do, but if you can't block, you can't be on the field and. If you really think about it, that franchise can easily get hurt because of you. Right. We'll just pack your bags up. So <laughs> that's, that's right. That's that's their big, that's biggest investment, and you got to protect them. You got to act like if that was like your mom or like your sister or somebody, you know, back there ready to take that snap and throw the ball. Like you wouldn't let nobody run back there and just clean, like get a clean shot on them. So right. that's what I see it as now. Like if there's somebody back there, you know, I care about. I'm gonna give it my all. So treat it like that every time. All right, Chuck, and I'm a UNLV guy, so I got to ask, what's your favorite UNLV football memory that you're going to, like, take from, like, your many years at UNLV? I mean, all-time leading Russian leader or a game that stands out to you? What's going to be your favorite memory from UNLV? I can say the overtime victory over Reno uh, about two years ago. It was just a crazy game. Uh, ended in the brawl, too. That's how <laughs> crazy it was. But it was just a game that, like, where it felt like a movie a little bit. Uh, we're the underdogs, like they like kind of got all these weapons and stuff, and you know nobody got us winning. And it's on the road, it's cold, and we're going in there with a backup QB, and it just everything was against us. Our coaches just got fired, so when we went in there and handled business and beat our rival, that was just a great moment. And you know, for me, that was like a big game for me because that was my first time like playing against Reno, like for real. And uh, I had like a I had my career high run. Uh, against them or PD against them so I could just say like everything was just all in one picture that day 
There you go. I like it. I like it. Who doesn't want to get a, a dub over the, the rival, right? That's going to definitely stand out uh, in your mind. And uh, this has been great. We definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. And, and before we let you go, I know that you do everything uh, you represent for your family, but you're also representing for your family. And I know that you, you know, you got your family on your back and everything. So what does it mean to you to be able to go out there each and every day and you were out there performing and now you have the opportunity to take your game to the next level and pr- provide for your family by playing the game you love in football? You know, my family's like my biggest support system. Without them, I wouldn't really be here. And they always push me to be great, and they always got my back. And, you know, they always going to be in my corner. So what, all I can do is, you know, show them a good time and make sure we, you know, enjoy each game and stuff like that by doing what I'm supposed to do and having fun, but also dominating on the field. And I just want to carry that type of, you know, um, that, uh, that type of energy into the NFL. So... You know, if they can't make a game, I understand, but, like, they're going to still be watching. So whatever I do with the special teams, playing in the game as running back or anything, just doing everything at 110%, I'll just go out there and, you know, make sure that I make them proud. There you go. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, we, we definitely appreciate you. as Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon, former UNLV running back, about to take his uh, talents to the NFL. Uh, you, you are a hell of a player on the field. You're an outstanding dude off the field. Just keep doing what you do. Stay humble like you are, and uh, we definitely have your back as well. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate y'all. Absolutely. There he goes. Charles Williams, a.k.a. the Chuck Wagon, all-time leading rusher in the history of UNLV. And uh, as much as those stats are are fantastic, the dude himself is fantastic as well. So, DeMond, thank you so so much for uh, hooking that up. The time is 2.45. When we come back, we'll get your texts. We'll get your calls. 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.49 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. A few minutes before the top of the hour, we'll get to Bernie Fratto, Fox Sports Radio. Does a great job. Going to get a little Jim Harbaugh conversation in. I said that today was one of those wide open days where anything could go. We could talk about anything. Unfortunately, I got to bring some bad news to the table. Nate Hobbs in the news again. Just saw this tweet from 8 News Now here in Vegas. Nevada State Police Highway Troopers cited Las Vegas Raiders Nate Hobbs for driving 110 miles an hour on the 215 Beltway less than two weeks after he was charged with DUI. 8 News Now I-Team has learned. Traffic stop occurred on the highway near South Decatur Boulevard around 11.45 a.m. Sunday. Patrol trooper issued Hobbs a citation, but he was not arrested on the reckless driving charge a spokesperson for the department confirmed. And then it goes on to just talk about the rest. It was 110 mile an hour in a 65 mile an hour zone. Yada, yada, yada. Just not good. It's another bad look. <laughs> just another bad look. He already had the situation where, you know, he was arrested on suspicion of DUI. It looked like he was going to get out of that one. It looked like that was going to be one of those where technicalities or whatever were going to be able to get him out of that, but these guys just got to learn, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and sound like their dad and sound like, you know, go sit in the corner. You're grounded. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be all that guy, but man, when are you going to learn? You are not made a Teflon. You're not the Teflon Don. You can't just do anything that you want to do. I get it. You got a fancy car. It goes fast. So does mine, but I drive it slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you just, you got to be smarter than this. 
Ha- have they there. not had enough situations going on? And again, I've, I'll be the first to tell you, young guys are going to make mistakes. I get it. I know it. But man, it's like the first time it was like, well, at least he was asleep and he wasn't driving. And this time he was driving 110 miles an hour. I don't know how many people were around him at 1145 in the morning, but I've seen people dart out in front of people all the time on the highway. I see people looking at their phone and all of a sudden swerving to another lane. Had a guy almost do that to me on the way to work today. I honked the horn. He looked at me like I was foul. I'm like, dude, you're on your phone. I'm just trying to drive in my lane. Anything could happen. Just got to be smarter, man. Just got to be smarter. So that's another it's another situation. Again, it's not a – he wasn't arrested. He wasn't drunk driving. Those are pluses. But he was going 110 on the highway. Just a bad look for – a guy in a team that doesn't need any bad looks. Just saying. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, Fargo? Hey, thank you for taking my call, guys. How you doing today? I'm blessed. Uh, so I like to hear. I got three quick points I'll, I'll bring. I got my little notes right here. Um, first off, with Colwell refusing to interview for us, is that a sign that the narrative is shifting back towards us being a dysfunctional organization? You know, like all those years of rebuilding and right. new coaches, old coaches, is the narrative shifting back towards that? I, oh, let me hold on. on. Let me cut you off right, real quick. Don't don't go anywhere. I, I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. I think that the reason he turned that down is either he's had old other interviews, he's interviewed with a couple other teams. I think either he feels very comfortable with those interviews and feels like he's going to get that job, or he feels that he didn't really have a shot in that interview. He felt like it could be a potential Rooney Rule interview, and maybe he feels like a guy like Harbaugh or a guy like McDaniel's or a guy like insert name, already has the, the inside track on it. That's, that's, that's my thoughts. What are you thinking, Demond? No, I was on the same route that you're taking because all we keep hearing is Harbaugh, Harbaugh, they offer him the deal, he's taking it. So if, you, if, if, so if you are someone that's thinking that, you might think, hey, why do I – yeah, it sounds like he already got the job. Why am I even going to go in and interview for that? Right. And, again, he may just be comfortable in whatever interviews he's already done and feel exactly. like he if has somebody, the right – Like, you know, we've all had interviews. You leave right. that interview and it's just like, man, I feel good about this one. Exactly, exactly. I don't need to talk to anyone else. I already yeah. got this job. So that could be the situation as well. So I, go ahead. I just wanted to, I wanted to talk about that real quick. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Next, I would say, like, uh, what would be acceptable to give up for Adams? You know, Fritch in the morning was saying that, any team that's going to want to go after a trade would potentially be asking for Max. Now, if uh, Max, if Max is the ask or Renfro or, you know, another key guy like that, I wouldn't say it's worth it because you can't leverage your future on maybe a couple good years out of Adams. You know, I don't know how long he's got in him. We, none of us do, but I think that would be foolish. But what do you think is acceptable? And then my last one would be with, with all the couch GMs out here, wanting to cut car, trade car to save cap space and do cap gymnastics. Uh, I was wondering, would you actually be open to, if, it, if they were to move on, bringing the guy in like Huntley to kind of bridge that gap between now and when we find the actual dude that we see for the future, or would he be? I thought he played pretty solid when he stepped in for Lamar Jackson. Right on. Thank you for the call. And I, I'll, I'll, let me address that part first because I like Huntley. Mm-hmm. I like him for his role that he's yeah. in. I do. I like him for his role that he's in as a backup quarterback. Somebody I, might somebody might say that you wanted Fargo to ready to ask you that question because you like Huntley so much. What you are you were, talking about? You were singing his praises so much. Maybe you do want him I to I like him. In. I can't like another quarterback? I don't know. That's not what Twitter said. <laughs> <laughs> Look. <laughs> 
The thing is, Huntley is not a starting quarterback that's going to take you to the next level. He's not. He's not that guy. I like him, and he was a really good backup for Lamar, and he gave the Ravens an opportunity to win games when he was in there. Bottom line, that's it. He's not a guy that anybody should be trading for. He's not a guy that anyone should be pounding the table for and saying, hey, want that guy to be the quarterback? No. He's a really good backup. He is basically, honestly, he's more of a, a, a reliable backup than Marcus Mariota was for the Raiders. I, I mean, I just straight up. Because he's available and he has a little something to him. I mean, that's 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 cool. I mean, and but that's who he is, Fargo. He, he's a he's a backup quarterback. No, the Raiders don't need a, a bridge gap guy. The Raiders don't need to have any kind of bridges. They don't need any of that stuff because they're supposed to be in win now mode. I've been pounding the table and saying that this is not a rebuild at all. No matter who the head coach is, who the GM is, this should not be a, a rebuild. If if Huntley's your starting quarterback on day one, it's you're in trouble. You're in trouble. He's not the long-term. He's not a long-term answer. He's a really good backup, and a lot of good teams would be blessed to have a guy like that to be able to back up their starting quarterback. That's it. I don't give a damn what what Twitter says. I don't give a damn what Demond's trying to say that I want him to be a Raiders. I'm not. No. And that, and really, he's not even trying to say that. But that was a bunch of narratives. To one day, I give a, a compliment to the guy. Hey, I like what he's got. I like. I like what he's bringing to the table. Oh my God, Q wants him to be the Raiders quarterback. No, I don't. No, I don't. But I saw all that too. So, and that's what Demond's talking about. That's why he's goofing on it because that's what that's what was being said. So, uh, thank you so much for that. Do we have time to get the big deuce real quick? Let's get him in. All right, let's get the big deuce real quick, and then we'll take a break. Big deuce, what's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I just got a couple things. Uh, one regarding Harbaugh. I mean, yeah, he's a good coach and all, but I kind of see a Gruden tendency to him. Okay. And not saying that's a bad thing, but right. you know maybe we need to go in a different direction with our with our team. Um, a second thing is Carr. You know he's always said he wanted to be a Raider for life, but when do you get tired of the carousel and the crazy ride of every couple of years having to change, learn a new uh, system? Maybe right. he doesn't want to come back. He might get tired of it. Right, I agree. Um, and then my my last thing is I just want to shout out to uh, Fargo Raiders. We talked on Twitter many times, and I just want to say, hey, man, you stay uh, warm up in that uh, <laughs> freezing-ass cold up there, man. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. You're right, good. You, you, all, you all have a good weekend. I got some uh, ribs I got to attend. I saw that. I saw that picture, man. You go get your barbecue on, man. You got the ribs on the grill. I can appreciate that. So handle your business. Uh, I do appreciate the call. And uh, the one piece of news I wanted to uh, pass along from the NFL that I thought was a pretty big, shocking piece of news, the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, and defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale are parting ways. That's pretty uh, – Pretty interesting right there. That's pretty big. That's some big news coming out of Baltimore that uh, their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, and I'll say the Ravens didn't have the best defensive season. They had a lot of key guys out, but we all saw the Ravens up close to personal on the very first game of the season, Monday Night Football at Allegiant Stadium. So uh, I want to say that that's a big surprise. I wonder what's in the works. I wonder who's coming in as the defensive coordinator, but John Harbaugh, not Jim, John Harbaugh making some moves in Baltimore. 258 is the time when we come back. Bernie Fratto from Fox Sports Radio. He'll join the show to talk about Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.